Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in, Winning Cures Everything podcast number 215. We are back again, first time in a month. It is June 26th. It is the Tuesday podcast. We'll be doing this every Tuesday from here on out. Make sure you tune in and all that good stuff. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. Uh, as always, make sure you share out the show. If, you, uh, if you've if you not already, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, any of your favorite podcast apps. You can always follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash everything on Twitter at winningcures. You can follow Chris at Chris B. Giannini and myself at Gary WCE. Uh, today's show, as always, is brought to you by mybookie.ag. If you're looking to gamble on sports, the best online sports book out there right now is mybookie.ag. The best odds, the best layout, and you can get a 50% deposit bonus using the promo code WCE50. That means if you deposit 100 bucks, they're going to give you an extra 50 bucks for free. So go sign up today. That's mybookie.ag, promo code WCE50. Let's go ahead and jump into this thing. We're going to talk about the three top stories from last week. Story number one is the NCAA transfer rule and redshirt rule. Now, this has been uh, a couple of weeks ago that this all went down. Uh, We have not had a chance to discuss it, but it is a major league topic, Chris. Uh, Let's go ahead and talk about the NCAA transfer rule. Okay. Uh, I'll read off from the NCAA website. The Division I Council adopted a proposal this week that creates a new notification of transfer model. This new system allows a student to inform his or her current school of a desire to transfer, then requires that school to enter the student's name into a national transfer database within two business days. Once the student-athlete's name is in the database, other coaches are free to contact that individual. Uh, The previous transfer rule, which required student-athletes to get permission from their current school to contact another school before they can, uh, can receive a scholarship after transfer, was intended to discourage coaches from recruiting student athletes from other Division I schools. The rule change ends the controversial practice in which some coaches or administrators would prevent students from having contact with specific schools. Conferences, however, still can make rules that are more restrictive than the national rule. Additionally, the proposal adds tampering with a current student athlete at another school to the list of potential level two violations considered a significant breach of conduct. Now, the biggest thing that this plays into was Brandon Kennedy, a backup uh, offensive lineman at Alabama, wanted to uh, transfer to either Auburn or Tennessee. Alabama blocked both of those. Now, now this is not just – he's a graduate. He, yeah, he, yeah, he's a grad student. That's, that's the difference. That's the, the caveat that, that throws a red flag or a monkey wrench in all this was he is a graduate. Well, the other part of this is nowhere in this does it say anything about graduate. No. Right? It doesn't say anything about a grad student. But that is a big part of it. Like, it, our belief is – once you graduate from somewhere, you should be allowed to go anywhere to go you wherever you, you want to. You fulfilled your student requirements for that school. Yes. And if you do it early and you have eligibility available, you should be a free agent and shouldn't ask to ask permission because you have a diploma from the school. You're if they're student athletes, which student comes first, yep. if you've completed your student part, you should not be tied to that school anymore. I agree. I agree. But now this makes it to where you don't have to be a graduate. You just have to tell the school you're willing to transfer. And at that, point, transfer. at that point, the school has to put your name in a database. Correct. And other coaches, and other can, coaches contact can contact you and let you know that you are wanted. That's right. Now, some, now another part of this that ended up happening later is uh, the school, once you ask to transfer, regardless of whether you get scholarship opportunities somewhere else, they can cut your scholarship. Correct. And, and I'm okay with that. So there is that. a risk. No, but, and, and I'm totally okay with that because they, they have to monitor a limited amount of scholarships, and if somebody chooses to not be there anymore, then, then that's, you have the right to take that scholarship back. I don't think you should be able to block that kid from anything, but I do think you absolutely have the right to say, well, well okay, good luck. We're now going to offer this scholarship to someone else, and and it's your new school's responsibility to get you your scholarship. Now, I'm going to ask this question for both of these rules. Okay. Uh, which school or which uh, coach, either one, 
will be the most likely to take advantage of this transfer rule? I think all of them. I think every major school in the country and all the smaller schools too. I think everybody will take advantage of this rule. Well, A, it's the students. The coaches don't really have a lot of decision other than do you want transfers, okay? But it, I absolutely th- – so it depends on what kids are transferring. But I absolutely think every school will take advantage of it. I don't think there's a specific coach that can somehow manipulate this to their benefit better than anyone else. And I, I don't think that this is like – I don't believe that it has to do with uh, the wild, wild west. No, right? I don't believe this opens us about. up. People are afraid of things that have never happened before. Right. Hey, and if you know anything about recruiting already, it's already dirty, ugly, and the wild, wild west. Yes. So to be afraid of something like this, which is actually monitored pretty damn closely and and regulated pretty closely, then then you're just you're just crazy. Now I I do wonder if the rich are just going to get richer. Where, like, say Kentucky has a really good quarterback and a school like Tennessee, Florida, whatever, goes into a season where they don't have a quarterback. But you know there's a bunch of other talent there, etc. The kid from Kentucky can then leave without sitting out a year, all that kind of stuff, um, which that part has not come in yet. But it, say, say he's graduated already. He's still got a year or two of eligibility. He can go to Florida or where somewhere in conference. Like, you can go in conference. And I know that it says in here that conferences, however, still can make rules that are more restrictive than national rules. I hope rule. they don't do that. But I, I, don't, ho- I hope they don't do that. I don't I, – I mean, it, if somebody wanted to fight a conference yeah, on that, I right. don't think that they could I, – I don't think they'd win. I don't but think I, the conference just, would win. I just hope the conferences can't – and I don't see that because I think there are just as many schools, i.e. Georgia – that has three really good number one, you know, overall quarterbacks in a row. Those guys are going to want to go play, but they might still want to play SEC ball. Yeah. They grew up loving. One of the recruitment is, well, I grew up loving the SEC, even if I'm not a Georgia fan. But I, I get to go play Power Five football in Georgia. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, well, I can't start because I'm not as good as Jacob Eason, or I'm not as good as whoever's in front of me. All right, well then I'll go play for Vanderbilt or I'll go play for Kentucky because I know I'm better than that bloke. I yeah. know I can go take that job. Well, it's it's what Hunter Johnson did yeah. going to Northwestern, right? Yeah, absolutely. so he leaves Clemson, five star quarterback. He's not going to beat out Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. He's probably not going to beat out Kelly Bryant. That definitely not going to beat out Kelly Bryant. I mean, he's the well, incumbent. That's right. But um, but he knows that his time is limited. So let's go play somewhere. Let's where, go play where somewhere else. Well, he's got ties to North Northwestern too. His brother played there. Yeah, and he was recruited heavily by Northwestern before. Didn't think they'd get him, but at least they tried. Yeah. So so he knew they were interested, and he knew I can go here and I'll be welcome with open arms. Yes. But so so I absolutely don't think that this is going to be the rich only get richer. Um, I think they recruit so well the big big schools that get the good quarterback all the time anyway. I don't think they're going to be looking for a transfer because they already have five stars at the quarterback position. Well, but then you see, I mean, Florida brought in Malik Zaire. Yeah. Uh, and granted, he didn't turn into anything. But, you know, there is always that, that option. And there's a reason now, that kid's transferring, though, But too. now it you will happen remember. in conference. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm totally – I've been fine with that forever. If a coach can leave a school and go play for the biggest rivalry of that school, then the kids should also be able to as well without penalty. And if you're afraid of this wild, wild west situation, you're just wrong in, in what you're worried about and what you're afraid of because the coaches bring far more information than any kid could ever bring. Tell me – this is off topic a little bit. Uh, before we get to the redshirt rule – do you think if if all schools went across the board and had like a a non compete where you could not leave this school to go coach, you know, at X school? Do you would that ever happen? Like, could that ever happen? I don't know if it could or not or would. Um, and, and it wouldn't bother me if it did or didn't. You're talking about somebody you're compensating millions of dollars to. Right, but that, that's what I'm to, saying. To, is to like equate, My problem is this. We're trying to equate the coach's compensation to the kid's compensation, and you're just never going to win. Well, no, no, no. I did, no, this, that's a completely different so, topic. So, but so I, I'm, I'm talking about didn't Bobby Petrino have a, a rule where he couldn't leave Arkansas – for an SEC West school, it might he could have he might have I and don't like know. he actually signed that deal, but like 
yeah. you know, somebody like Urban Meyer or who one of these big names. That's right. I don't think would ever sign that deal. The, well, you're right. I mean, you're never going to get. But if it know, was across the board, no. Nah, but you're never going to have across the board. You're never going because they're individual contracts. You're just saying I'm never yeah. Saban. I'm not going to hire you if you put this language in there. And he says that's fine. That's fine. There are 200 other schools that would love me. That's yeah. fine. No, that's true. I just won't go for you. That's true. So nobody. Yeah, you could try to do that if you were, you know, Florida with Dan Mullen right now. You could probably do that because I think you've got enough pull and influence and Dan's happy enough today to do that, but you just never know. Like, I think some schools could do it, and that would be a case-by-case base. It's the exact same thing with buyouts or, or any of that other stuff for the coaching language. Yeah. But this is a win for kids. This is a win for students. And, and I hope that they get it all worked out where they can play immediately. They don't have to sit out a year um, because that's just garbage. You shouldn't have to waste a year of school in your life just waiting on some arbitrary thing. Go ahead and go and play. Let's yeah. get in there. Mix it up. Uh, the, it, speaking of wins for students, uh, the redshirt rule. Uh, now, this is from Sports Illustrated. It, it quotes the NCAA thing, but this is the best summary I saw. Uh, Division One college football players will now be able to play in up to four games per season without using a season of eligibility. Now, you've still only got four years, so it's not like you can play. Like th- This will be good for one time. That's right. But you're not going to get to play four games this year, four games the next year, and like be a 28-year-old still playing. Like That's not going to happen. Um, but it says student-athletes at the Division One level currently have five years to play up to four seasons. The new rule will allow football players to not use up a season if they play in a small number of games due to an injury or other possible situations. It is effective starting in the 2018-2019 season. It starts this year. That's perfect. Uh, If a student enrolls mid-year and plays in a postseason football game before or during their first term, the new rule does not apply. So you can't have somebody transfer in Uh, and then play like a a bowl game or something. Um, You can't have a... um, a kid enroll early out of high school and then play in the bowl game. Like, yeah. that will not happen. Uh, Division One Student Athlete Experience Committee will look at how a similar ruling could apply to other sports and what number of games should be considered. So let me ask you a question. What was it previously? Because it was broken down into quarters played before, right? The old rule? Yeah, and I think it was... It like, was well, for, like six quarters. I mean, no, no, it was no, no, less no. than two or three. No, 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 it was, no. no. It, was, it was not a lot. If you stepped on the field... Mm-hmm. And it was not a medical red shirt that you ended up taking. That, because you, you had to be injured. Otherwise, that season is gone. As soon as uh, Chad Kelly went down for Ole Miss, what, a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and Shea Patterson stepped on the field that first time. He immediately lost his He immediately shirt. lost his red shirt. Oh, wow. Okay. So that's that's how this plays out. Like, So this is great. You get yeah. four games. I mean, if somebody well, and, gets hurt and, at the end of the season, you got a backup quarterback you want to get in there that's been redshirted all year. And you, and you want to get got, him ready for next year. And you've only got three games left of the season. He can get in there and play all three. If you're bowl eligible, he can play the bowl game and don't lose anything. Exactly. I love that. Yeah. We're, we're, we're getting back to where this is good for the players. Yeah, exactly. The players are what makes this sport great. And we've made this game so much about the coaches. And I get they're so important. That's why we make them about that. There's going to be a theme for me this year on these things all have to get back to the players. For every sport, you've got to get back to the guys that are actually entertaining us on Saturdays and Sundays and Mondays and Thursdays that are actually doing the work. Yes. And, And they need to be compensate it better, taken care of better, and 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 more well-equipped to do what they do. Now tell me this. Of course, I asked the question on the first one. What schools, what coaches will be more likely to take advantage of this rule? Well, the red shirt rule is going to be, man, like I said, I think everybody who has the need to will. If you have a senior quarterback that is a – but here's the thing. The student's going to make this decision. you got a senior quarterback – that's going to be a number one draft pick, top five draft pick in the NFL. If he wants to come and play the bowl game, you're not going to put the freshman in that's redshirted. Yeah. You're going to let the senior do what he wants to do. I mean, He's you're, you're still – most people are still trying to win the bowl game. That's right. There's incentives put into contracts well, about winning bowl games. But that guy, like, if he's that good, he's obviously earned the right to ask for that. Well, yeah. So, so I don't think there are specific sets of schools that are going to say, I'm going to benefit this or manipulate it. But it, I but think in, the it could be in situations like where you're playing, you know, 
at Northwestern State, Central University, oh, whatever. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Where the it doesn't matter who you throw out there, nope. you're going to win the game. Com- completely right. So you can actually you know take yeah. the starter in there for uh, for a quarter. a quarter, one quarter, and get him out. And then you can play the backup and actually let him, and that doesn't waste a year of eligibility. Completely agree with that. Every Power 5 school should be doing that when they bring these cupcakes in. Now, you know I hate the cupcake games. Yeah. But at least you can get live bullets, live reps in, in games with these kids and, and, let, them, and let them play. I, I like that thought process, but I think every school will do it. Yeah. I don't think – and here's the thing. Let's say you're one of those smaller schools and you're playing a big boy. You realize you don't have a chance to win it, but you got a chance to win your conference. You do the same thing. You pull your star QB, you put the other kid in, you're already going to get smoked by 40 anyway. And it gets you experience. Because you got a chance to win your conference. And yep. winning your conference is the most important thing at that level. Exactly. Not not beating Alabama on a big stage when you're already down by 35. Right. Let, let's not let this kid get destroyed by one of the best defenses on the planet. Let somebody else go take those licks. Let's move on to, uh, to story number two. Chris, gambling is officially live in Mississippi on Saturday, July 21st. Big deal. It is a big deal. Yeah. I'm pretty excited about it. I know you are too. You and I will be in Tunica on July 24th. We've already already planned this out. We're going to go down and hang out. Uh, I think the only thing that's going to be on is like CFL games. So like we'll, yeah, just we'll have, have baseball. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure out something to watch. Uh so here's the deal. The Mississippi Gaming Commission voted Thursday to approve sports betting regulations, which will go into effect in 30 days. That is July 21st. It is a Saturday. I would imagine that those sports books opening day will be slammed. Just a guess. Uh, the U.S. Supreme Court struck down a federal law last month that barred gambling on football, basketball, baseball, and other sports in most states. In 2017, Mississippi changed its law to allow sports betting as part of a bill legalizing and regulating fantasy sports. The interesting part about that is, uh, beforehand, I think it was technically illegal to bet offshore. I think. Not that they were stopping anybody from doing it. But, well, yeah, you got to track yeah. it. Um, but, yeah, that's that's officially legal now. So, go to mybookie.ag, by the way. Go on and knock that thing out. WCE50. Um, here's what it says. Because the law was already on the books, the commission was able to take quick action on presenting proposed regulations. Under the approved regulations... Casinos will pay state and local taxes worth 12% of the wagers minus payouts. Bets can only be taken in casinos. Now, the other part of this is bets can be taken in casinos on a mobile app, but only inside casinos. So you can't bet, like, at the gold strike while you're sitting on your couch. Yeah. You can't do that. Yeah, it's not like the Nevada app. There's an app in Nevada that, as long as you're in the state... I think it's William Hill... That you that has bet. that out there, and and that may be. Coming. Oh no, I think a lot of casinos have it because when I was at the uh, Westgate, Westgate has an app. Oh, and then the the what is it, CGI no. has one or C? Yeah, I think it is. CGI. I would be shocked if MGM Properties and Caesars Properties didn't have one. Yeah. Either way, um, Gold Strike is already hiring a uh, sportsbook manager, sportsbook clerks, etc. Uh, I, I looked into it just to just to see. Um, so that's already out there. Um, one interesting thing about this is what is happening in Delaware. And the odds have been pretty crazy. Uh, tell me tell me about this. Um, so what I have found and saw was, is, 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 and I can't quote the article. I don't remember. I didn't pull it up either. But it's, you know, congratulations, you got sports gambling. Um, good luck. You're going to pay the price for You're it. You're going to pay the price for it. And what the price is, is... And so far, it's just on their futures. All their futures are garbage odds. Like, if you were to pick the Eagles to win the Super Bowl next year, like, in Dover, you're going to get, like, 3-1, to 4-1 to one odds. In Vegas, you're going to get, you know, 12-1. to one. Offshore, yeah. you might get 18-1. to one. Well, I mean, the, the biggest thing is, like, uh, uh, the Browns, right? So That's the Browns right. are what, like twenty five hundred to one to win the Super Bowl? No, I mean no one's in paying Vegas. Out, nobody's paying out that much. But yeah, they're like you know a thousand to one or, or you know whatever to to win in Vegas and offshore is probably pretty close to the same thing. And in Dover, it's like fifty to one. Like it's yeah. it's something to where nobody's going to bet any of these futures. You're not going to get any action on it. So why, if I'm the state 
why why do you think that you you don't want the casinos to make the odds that bad just because um, nobody's going to put action on it? And then the thing that I worry about is like I don't know how closely regulated the the lines are, but in baseball you you pretty much play a money line. Um, I I wonder are the favorites just just you got to pay such a high price to bet them, but if you bet the dog, we're not going to give you any odds on the dog either. So, so neither one of them are good odds. And then when you bet a standard straight bet in football, for instance, you pick a side. You pick Alabama minus 19 against whoever, and you take Alabama. The, the standard juice, the standard VIG is 10%. So it, it's minus 110. It's minus 110. If you made a $100 bet, if you brought them $100 in Vegas normally and you win that bet, they give you your 100 back and then they give you 90 back. Okay, now as bets get overloaded one side or the other, they will move the juice before moving the line sometimes. Yeah. I wonder, there's no set rule that says what the juice has to be. Well, it, Can the, they just make it? All right, we're just going to charge a 20% juice instead well, the, of 10. The, that's exactly what I believe has been going on in Dover, right? So a lot of the lines have opened up at minus 120 for that's the favorites. Right. Um, but the the underdog is not... You're you not know. getting any better odds on the underdog. Right. Usually, if you pay a heavy price for the favorite, the dog, you get paid. That's why I like betting dog money lines, as you get paid out when they come through. I don't think they're paying out. I think they're fudging the lines, and they're just saying, you guys just want to gamble. We're going to make the odds so bad. Come on and gamble. Yeah. And I think your local, anytime you do stuff like that, local bookies aren't getting hurt anymore because you're not going to stop calling Ray down the street. If the local casino is going to jack with the numbers, you're going to call Ray. Exactly. And and I'm sure that this will eventually go back to normal, but, you know, right now, uh, the other part of this is the Homer lines, right? So That's right. Uh, we, we have not talked about this too much, but, like, in Vegas, they were getting hammered with Vegas Golden Knights, you know, NHL, Stanley Cup, uh, and that was – it had the likelihood of being a disaster, if the Golden Knights had actually won the Stanley Cup. Correct. Because so many people had taken these extravagant lines. Yeah, 500 to 1, a lot of 100 to 1. Yeah. Every casino in Vegas had multiple tickets for 100 to 1. Yes. A few had 500 to 1. And and they lose all of those, and it's a disaster out there. I mean, they would have lost money for, well, not lost money. They just would not have made nearly as much as they they usually Because throughout the season, once they realized that, they adjusted their price pretty quick, and then Vegas does a really good job of hedging their bet on um, getting action on other things. Yeah. And so you might cash that 500 to 1 ticket, but you bet a lot throughout the year, and you get that, that $100,000 we're going to pay you, you already gave us like 40000 So yeah. we're not paying out so badly. Exactly. Um, and, and they've done a really good job. They're smart. Anytime you have the whole season to figure that out, but all the lines out there, because they've been doing this for decades, are so crisp, they're so clean, that they're a well-organized machine, and there's a million casinos. So you've got to to kind of be careful. You can't screw people, which yeah. is what Dover's doing because they're the only game in town. But now they're close enough to where when Jersey gets theirs, that'll hurt them a little bit. They'll have to tighten things up. When if Philadelphia gets theirs or if New York opens up one and gets theirs – all those New, North, New England areas, then, yeah, competition will fix all of them. Well, in Mississippi, it's going to be every casino. Basically, every casino That's is right. going to have a sports book or a kiosk or something where you can go bet. Well, they're, and, all, they're all owned by – well, MGM has one property, which is Gold Strike. They'll probably have one of the biggest. But then the rest of them are owned by Caesars or Boyd. Right. That's it. Like you've only got three owners, but that's out of all that's the just at those. Then you've also got the Indian Reservation, well, like right. at, at the Pearl River uh, Resort and Casino. Uh, you've got the stuff down in Biloxi. Well, all the Biloxi ones are MGM, yeah. are are uh, Caesars or Boyd. It, what is Hard Rock? That's a, that's probably a Caesars product. All right, so it, you've got you've got several in town. Yeah, like you don't just have like a place. Correct. You've got several that you can go to. Um, yeah, Dover so Dover has a a racetrack, right? And that well, that has a casino inside it, and that's why they they have no competition right now today. Yep. That's interesting. 
I am curious if uh, if Southland Greyhound Park is ever gonna ever gonna jump into this. It'll, it'll, Arkansas will have to. Yeah, and that's that's what I'm saying. And I don't know that Arkansas will. They may do it oh, eventually. They've got two racetracks, and both racetracks are pretty big. Now, the horse track in Little Rock or in Hot Springs would be the reason they would do it. It wouldn't be for the dog track. But if they make it legal for one, they'll make it for both. But the the horse track, yeah, they, they would probably want to do it there because they yeah. want to draw people to Oakland. That place is nice. Well, and, and Southland is it's well, nice. Well, and Southland's closer to Memphis than yes. if you're just looking to book a bet real quick, you might not drive to Tunica when you could just – Cross the bridge exactly. So, so uh, especially the first year, for sure, like Tunica will be slammed with people from Memphis. Oh yeah, and it should be. That's the purpose of doing this. People don't understand sports betting doesn't make a lot of money. Okay, it just doesn't. But what it does is it gets butts in the seats. It gets people to go through the casino, and then there's and the at taxes the slot. in it also help out state government. But the problem I mean, is, is the taxes aren't going to be a lot, Gary. They're just well, it's, not. It's twelve percent. But and but I, I I'm with you. I know what you're it's saying. Twelve percent of what they profit, but that's right. not going to be a lot. I'm just going to tell you, it's just not. So, there therein lies the thing. What they want is they want me and you to come down, and then they want the wife to come and sit at a, at a slot machine for a while. Yeah. Or while you're watching a game, you're sitting at a slot machine or a blackjack table, or and, playing video poker right. or whatever. You're, you're doing some other things while watching the game where they actually have better odds. Yeah. I'm with you. So. All right, so it, it does go live on July 21st. It's a Saturday. Football does not start until late August. Yep. So here are five things that you can bet on in July since football won't be around at that point. First thing, Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball will still be going on. Uh, number two will be college football futures and opening weekend lines. They will go on and have the opening weekend lines available. I don't know that they will have the the games of the year the same way that Vegas does because not every Vegas casino has games of the year this early in advance. So you go on and jump on your futures, your Heisman Trophy winners, your um, your national champions, you know, conference champions, whatever. You'll have those uh, over unders. A lot of them will be over unders. Uh, NFL, it's going to be the same thing, same stuff. Who who's going to win MVP? Uh, who's going to win divisions, over-unders, et cetera, et cetera. Fourth, the Canadian Football League. The only reason I bring this up, it's going to be in the middle of week six. You and I talked about this earlier. There's 21 weeks of CFL football. That is absurd to me. Like, How many off weeks would you have to have? I didn't do the research. I bet they don't have any. I mean, they 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 gotta have like three. You can't no. play twenty one games before getting to the playoff. I bet they do. I bet they don't care. That is bananas. the games are short. The field is short. They don't have hitting like we have. It'd be like playing NBA games. I, I bet there's sense. about as much contact in those sports as the NBA has. Now you might be right. And then the fifth thing is MMA and boxing. So the the biggest fights coming up are uh, the UFC two twenty seven. That's uh, Dillashaw versus Garbrandt. Uh, on August 4th, and then uh, September 15th, you've got Triple G and Canelo, and we're still waiting to figure out when Anthony Joshua and uh, and the Bronze Bomber will be fighting. And God knows I will be at the casino for that one. All right, that wraps up number two. Let's go on and jump into number three. NFL rule changes. Chris, this is uh, this is your hot spot. This is well, what you it's specialize not my hot spot. in. We're, we're, we're coming up with... with different things to talk about this is news we, we're getting into a more centric football centric uh, show and and i thought there were three rule changes that kind of stood out to me one of which is an overreaction to um maybe not an overreaction but a reaction to the viking saints game where the vikings have a walk-off win and everything goes crazy. They shoot the confetti. The teams are losing their mind. The Saints fan, uh, team is pissed off. Right. This they is the uh, the no extra point rule. That's right. If you win on a walk off touchdown and in the, regulation. Yes. Yeah, so if you and it's already been that in the in the overtime, but right. in regulation, you in the game with the score, you don't have to kick the extra point or field. Not you don't have to. You can't. They're not going to allow it. You're not going to do it. This is going to affect over-unders, and it will affect sides sometimes. It just It's just going to mathematically happen. Vegas is so good. They get these numbers so close to right all the time. 
Um, that's going to happen. That game, I mean, it, it definitely would have affected the point spread. There. It would have affected the point spread, and it would have affected the over-under, I believe. Yes. I believe that that game was so tight um, that it couldn't. This other one, I'm going to actually read the rule the best I can. Bear with me. Um, it, it's not long. It's not big. But but it stands out to me, and, and I'm, I'm, we're going to try to figure out what this means because I think the NFL is going to have an official in New York or maybe in a booth somewhere making a decision. By the competition committee authorizes the designated member of the officiating department to instruct on-field game officials to disqualify players for flagrant non-football acts when a foul um, that when when a foul for that act is called on the field. So in essence, this is the Rob Gronkowski dropped an elbow on a Bills player, hurt him, put him in a concussion, messed him up real bad. And he got suspended later. He got flagged in the game, but he didn't get kicked out of the game. Right. Um, this is one of those things where it sounds like they're going to have an outside official who will be the the one that stops play in a school in a stadium. Yeah, they'll they'll buzz down, buzz down, and say, "Hey, we saw this. I know you flagged it. That guy's got to go. He's got to go. He's got to go right now." So that's going to change games. That's going to change outcomes because. Before you get flagged, but the on-field officials who are getting worked by both sides of the coaching staffs constantly aren't really quick with the trigger to throw somebody out. And it and looks this, like this will take it out of their hands. That's right. This is not going to be their decision anymore. Somebody either not on the field, definitely not on the field, maybe not in the stadium, will be making this decision. Um, so that's that's kind of interesting. And then the last one. This is the one I'm the most interested Th- in. This one, I'm, I'm trying Like, the other two are really interesting. That's right. This one's going to change games. We already have games where flags seem like they run the game. Yes. And they are, and it's just one penalty right after another, right after another. Defensive coaches better figure this out, how to coach these guys up. But it's lowering the head to initiate contact with the helmet is a foul. So not... Initiate currently initiating. If you make contact with your helmet, with the crown of your helmet, it's targeting. Okay. Yes. Now the act of lowering your helmet. So if I lower my helmet to tackle you, and you avoid my head, and I hit you with a shoulder, or I don't hit you with my head, I hit you with my shoulder, but the crown of my helmet is lowered in the process of the tackle. Doesn't matter if it makes contact or not. It's a penalty. It doesn't say if it's a 15-yarder. It doesn't say any of that. They don't get into the nuts and bolts of it. But the sheer act of lowering your helmet now, defensive coaches better be spending hours and hours of practice time fixing this or every other play we're going to have penalties. And you're just going to let offenses matriculate the ball down the field. Let me tell you what I think is going to happen early on. You hear it here right now. Defensive coaches, because of the CBA them not having a lot of practice time, definitely not having a lot of practice time yeah. with pads where they actually hit today, they're not going to get good at this. The first four weeks of football, bet the overs, bet the hell out of the overs because the offenses are going to get extra first down, extra first down, extra possession all day long. That is – I mean, that's a big rule. That's going to happen. That's a big rule. Just lowering the helmet will get you a penalty. Think about how bad the the football is the first couple of weeks of the season. It's just awful because it has been the last couple of years because of the, uh, the cut down the, after time the, after the new collective bargaining agreement a couple of years back. They don't have enough time to prepare these teams. They just don't, and they dang sure don't have enough padded practices where they can practice hitting and tackling. It's already bad football. Now, <clears throat> excuse me. You're, you're going to have more penalties because it's just instinctual. These guys have been playing this way their entire life. You're trying to coach them, get your head up, get your head up. They're not learning it, so we're going to penalize them for it. Dang. I say bet overs. I'm not an over guy. You know that. I like oh, yeah. betting unders the first four weeks. I will just be going down the stretch and just over, over, I would, over, I would over, roll over, with over, week over. one first and then see how Vegas well, reacts. obviously, yeah, I'm not going to. Because they'll react. But, that's right, that's right. But, yeah, this this will be uh, incredibly interesting. All right, we're going to jump into uh, into the next new segment. 
All right, so we've got a brand new segment that we're going to be doing every week. Uh, this is a weekly show uh, from here until, you know, we get closer to football season, uh, at which point we will jump into two days a week when we're going to be talking, uh, you know, gambling picks and recaps and blah, 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 blah. But for now, uh, we're going to do hot takes of the week. So we had thought about several different things. We like to give our opinions on here. Chris, I, I'm going to let you take the uh, the first one. I'm going to take the first one. So Jameis Winston's found himself in the news again for uh, grabbing an Uber driver's crotch. Um, I, I think uh, – so you, you went straight for the gold there? Yeah. No, I think we're not, not going uh, to dig like, Was it sexual assault or yeah. was it uh, – Yeah. No, gro- let's, I think let's, they call it groping. Yeah, right? well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you, you said grabbing crotch. her crotch. That's what he did. Yeah. What he, it's absolutely what he did. And um, – but give the backstory. So he, he he was not charged with anything. No, he was charged. He absolutely is charged. Now it's taken no. He, a while. he wasn't he wasn't charged by the police. Oh no no no! Like no, it was no, never taken right. to Correct. like the, the the law or that's, whatever. That's right. She didn't. Yeah, she she filed so, a complaint and, and she filed a complaint stuff. with uh, with Uber. That's it. That's it. Her her employer. Yes, that's right. And then Uber blocked. Like he was officially banned. Yeah, from can't, Uber can't get on Uber and, and all this other stuff. So so. Anyway, the NFL, and this all happened in 2016, and he denied it, which, which is what he's always done. Well, and he's got people that were in the car that also denied it. Well, well yeah, they're his people because he's in the car exactly. with them. And, and and at first it was, I wasn't in the car at all, and then oh, I was in the car, but I wasn't the guy in the front seat. somebody else that did it, and she thought it was me, I guess, trying to play the all-black-people-look-alike card. I don't know. But And then it finally came out where, no, no, it was me. I did it. You're right. And there's no getting out of this. Everybody knows who James Winston is. You're famous. Yeah. You can't blame it on your friend that's just riding around with you. No one knows that guy. Um, so anyway, once again, another problem from this guy. Now, I understand the world we live in in sports. Okay, I get that if you are a star athlete and you are immensely talented, you can do stuff like this. And you can get slaps on the wrist like three-game suspensions, which the NFL has given him, and and you can move on. And the team is going to be embarrassed by it, but they are going to forgive it and, and move forward. If you are not a star player, you get booted pretty quickly for things of this nature. I believe, not because of this, but because of things on the field and this, he should have been cut by now. I do not think Jameis Winston is a good quarterback at all in the NFL, and I think the numbers support it. So I'm going to go through here. I'm yeah, go, you, go I'm through you because this is – I mean, he was a, a number one draft pick. That's right. But we are getting – Hey, uh, Demarcus Russell was a number one draft that's pick. That's true. Now, People make mistakes. Next year, because, like, the franchise is still basically building around – they hired a coach, Dirk Cutter, because of his relationship with Jameis Winston. And he got some extra time because they went nine and seven a couple of years ago. Last year they went five and eleven. We're gonna let me get, but we get, got, I get I get through this. Go okay. ahead. Let me go let ahead. me let me give my numbers. Okay, let me give you stats. So in twenty seventeen, Jameis Winston started thirteen games. Okay, he went three and ten in those thirteen games. Now you just said they finished five and eleven. That means the backup quarterback came in with the same team and won almost the same amount of games as Jameis won, and he played. Way, way less. His percentage of wins per games was dramatically better than Jameis. Yeah, 30% for Jameis, uh, Jameis 66.67% for with, Ryan yeah, Fitzpatrick. With with only 13 games played, he finished with 11 interceptions and a 50.3 QBR. Very mediocre. 2016 and that's, 2015. That's not just mediocre, buddy. It's that's, bad. That's it's bad. Real it's bad. garbage. It's garbage. It's garbage. Yeah. 2015 and 2016, he both played all seasons. 2016, he actually had a really good record in 9-7. and seven. But he was almost league leader in interceptions with 18, and his QBR was 59.7. Pretty putrid. 2015, his rookie year, he went 6-10, 15 interceptions, 61.1 QBR rating. That was his best QBR of, of, of all of them. So, in 2017, there was 22 quarterbacks. He was 22nd in quarterback in QBR. Four, uh, three quarterbacks were behind him because of injury. Wentz, Palmer, and Rodgers. That means the kid was like 25th in QBR, 26th uh, in QBR. I believe that these are the only teams in the NFL that I would rather have 
Jameis Winston than the QB they have right now, and some of these are question marks. The Bills quarterback situation just looks bad. Miami, I don't know what they're doing. Kansas City, we don't know what Pat Holmes is. He could be or could not be better or worse than Jameis. Denver, last year, Case Keenum was much better than Jameis could ever be. Yeah. Do we believe in Keenum? I don't know. I think I would take Keenum over Jameis right now. Arizona in Sam Bradford. If Bradford's healthy, it's not even close. We're not having a conversation, but Bradford can't stay on the field. That's the only reason he's got a question mark. Who's the backup in Arizona? Uh, uh, used to be the backup at uh, Tampa Bay as well. The big, tall, redheaded kid that got $15 million from the Bears. Mike, Mike Lennon. Lennon? Mike Lennon. Mike Lennon is with the Cardinals? The Cardinals have two quarterbacks that are, they're paying out almost $35 million a year for Sam Bradford and Mike Lennon. Wow. And, okay. And, and by week four, neither one of them will be a starter. Anyway. <laughs> and then the Bears with Mitch Trubisky, and he's a second-year guy. Everybody else drafted a rookie quarterback who you can't judge them or have a quarterback that I think far supersedes Jameis Winston's abilities. Why is somebody with the problems he has – and his ability on the field, that combination says he should have been let go. Well, it, it, so his stats look awful. And for some and people. And he likes to grab females by the crotch. Yes. It, but aside from that, like, there is no excuse for Jameis Winston. Like, he has got a fantastic wide receiving core. Oh, yes. He's, he's got running. He's got players around him. I question Mitch Trubisky, quote unquote. I'm doing air quotes here because I don't know. Look at Mitch Trubisky's receiving core last year and Jameis Winston's his rookie year. It's nothing. Mike Evans is one of the top three receivers in the NFL. Argue that with me. That guy has all the ability in the world, and he's got some jackass named Jameis trying to throw him the football. Dirk Cutter, if you watch Hard Knocks last year and you watch any of their games, all he does is scream at this kid, quit turning the ball over in the red zone. Quit turning the ball over. He cannot help it. Jameis Winston, again, 11 interceptions, 18 interceptions, 15 interceptions. In 2017, there were only three people that had more interceptions than him. One, the single worst quarterback to ever be a starting quarterback in the history of the NFL, Deshaun Kaiser. (laughs) Cam Newton and Marcus Mariota. That's it. That's it. And those guys played a lot more games than Jameis played. Yeah. And, well, and all right, so – Marcus Mariota. 2016, he played all games. Phillip Rivers had 22, 21 interceptions. Brock Osweiler had 19. Jameis had 18. Literally, you're in conversation with Brock Osweiler, bro. That's bad. Yeah. If Brock grabs somebody by the crotch, he's on a bus in five minutes to, to Siberia. Yeah. You don't, you don't get to play here anymore. Why That's, is he being treated different than these other guys? He's a garbage player. He doesn't make his team better. And he's a menace to society. I can't understand why, why the authorities haven't locked him up yet. That's outside of my realm of expertise. But Jameis is a problem, and he should be gone. My hot take is not nearly as in-depth as yours. This is That's kind okay. of a, a prediction for the future. That's good. Uh, my hot take is at the end of this college football season, there will be a prominent player that transfers to a rival, and the media will start second-guessing the rule. No chance the media will second-guess the rule. Oh, no, 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 no. The media will second-guess it because right now it's too perfect, right? Everything is great. It's all about the players, da-da-da-da-da. They will start second-guessing this. And I'm telling you this because it'll be – Dan Wolken, it'll be Dennis Dodd from CBS. It, it, there will be a bunch of people that will, and I'm not saying they're going to say that it's wrong. I'm going to say they're going to look at it and say, okay, uh, this seems a little. I think the first part is right. I think the second part is wrong. The only people that will second get us that are media are people that work locally. If an, a prominent Alabama player leaves for Tennessee, it will be the Tuscaloosa Times or the Birmingham News, people will be outraged and saying this rule is wrong and bad. I don't think ESPN, Fox, or CBS, your national NBC, your national coverage people, not at all will question or second-guess the rule. Well, the good thing is we'll get to figure that out. But I absolutely believe 
You are correct. A prominent player will transfer. A prominent will player will transfer. Somebody will go from Ohio State to Michigan or vice versa. Yeah. Somebody will go from USC to UCLA. It's going to happen. Yes. Yes. And it should happen. It absolutely should. I'm sub- I have why, supported why this. Why should that happen? Because I think these kids should be able to do anything they want to do. And I'm – I. I'm okay with that. That's why I we, say you it and I have happen. been on yeah. the same boat for for two years now. If they want to do it, let them do it. But I do think that it will it will start to be questioned. So and it, it may you know it may not they may not question it right we used now. To, we used it to question be, whether women should be able to drive or not, and you know what? It, it, we were wrong for questioning it. It's fine. That's okay. They can question things all they want. They were can be we, wrong. Were we really wrong we're for wrong. questioning? Don't, don't do that. Don't do that now. Don't do that now. My wife would kill me. I That's swear right. to God. No, don't do that. That's, but, yeah. Hey, tell, tell me this. The off topic, before uh, before we move into the last uh, segment okay. of the week. Um, when you drive, like when, when your family goes somewhere, do you drive most of the time? The, the only time. So you drive all the time? All the time. She never touches the wheel of the car. I'm the exact same way. Yeah. That uh, unless I am heavily intoxicated, I've never been in that situation with my family. I it, well, now I have been well, with my wife. With your wife, yeah, that's right. Um, that's different. But most of the time, like it, I remember, I used to throw down a lot back yeah. in the day. Um, but I don't anymore. So like, usually, like my wife will be drunk off of two, two glasses yeah, of wine. Exactly. Yep. Like it takes a lot more that's than right. that for me to even feel anything. Correct. So you're a grown man. Yeah, I mean that's that's, that's bound to happen. Uh, I've got a little weight on me, so that helps a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, that's I thought that was an interesting uh, interesting thing to go about. All right, let's uh, let's close out the week. The final segment of the week is fact or fiction. So I'm going to ask you a question. The way that this goes down, we're going to do this every week. I'm going to ask you whether it is fact or fiction, and then I'm going to give you basically a hypothetical. Perfect. And then we'll go back and forth on it. Sometimes I'm not going to go back and forth with you. I may agree with exactly what you're saying, but we'll uh, we'll figure that out. And when there'll we get be there. there'll be weeks that we're going to alternate this. Yeah. I'll I'll do the fact or fiction next week. There you go. All right. So this week I'm asking you. If Tom Herman had been hired as LSU's head coach and had the exact same results that Ed Orgeron has had, he would be celebrated right now rather than entering a season on the hot seat like Coach O. Fact or fiction? I'm going to say fiction. Tom Herman loses to Troy in Baton Rouge, which does not happen. Does not happen. We do not lose to non-Power 5 schools at home. Should I remind you about Nick Saban's first year? LSU wasn't even close to what LSU is this year. Okay. I'm uh, and today, okay? When Saban first got to LSU, I think Tom Herman. Limp. I think people would, would have more hope because they believe in Tom Herman. Uh, this year, probably you're probably right. But that's because we don't have a book on Tom, and we've got a big book called Ole Miss. And LSU knows that book because that's a rival of theirs. So would this be fact or would it be fiction? You see what I'm saying? Okay. You're probably right. You're probably right. I do think that he would be – there would be a little toasty because of the Troy loss. They're not going to be okay with that. But you're right. Buddy, his I mean, only, he ended up his, nine only, his only other loss was to Mississippi State, which is not good for LSU people. We're, we're right. supposed to be better than them. And, and but, you definitely aren't supposed to get blasted, no, right? No, that's right. And then and then we lost to Bama, which nobody expects you to beat that win that game, and we lose the bowl game, which – on a last-second really fluke That's play right. at a Notre doesn't Dame. Know, and really it's, but it's Notre Dame. That's right? right. Yeah, as long as it's to a Catholic school, people in Louisiana <laughs> are totally fine with that. So, um, no, I, I, I think, yeah, yeah. You know, at first I thought the Mississippi State loss and the Troy loss, and I thought, no, he'd be just as hot. But there's hope in things will get better because we believe him to be a great coach. We've got a book on, on Ed. Which says he'll never be able to outrun his past. That's not true either. If he wins a national championship at LSU, nobody will give two craps about what happened at Ole Miss. I, I mean, okay, you're right. If he beats Alabama one year before he gets fired, he won't ever get fired. Now you're probably right. So, so, well, it's, but it's it's so, so say say LSU goes seven and five, but they beat Alabama. He's fine. 
You really think so? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because if you can beat Alabama, you can beat anybody. And that means we're getting better. Hmm. Okay. Okay, I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, but we're we're going to call it fact. Right uh, you're right. You know what? I, you convinced me. It's a fact. What, they would be more optimistic about Tom because he was the one they wanted. Yeah, and he was, was the, one he was the golden for. child, and they probably would have given him more money. Oh, no doubt he would. No, our coaching staff would not be what it looked like today. No. No. Not, not in the slightest. All right, that's going to wrap up this week's Winning Cures Everything podcast, number 215. We will be back next week. We record these on Sunday, so this is being recorded Sunday night. Well, sometimes it'll be recorded Sunday, sometimes Monday, sometimes Saturday. Like it, it just depends. Right now, we're it won't be on recorded Sundays. on Tuesday when you get it. Exactly. It's it, it will be recorded beforehand, and that's fine. Yep. Right. That's perfectly fine. Uh, but you guys know the deal. Go to the website winningcureseverything.com. Uh, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, all your favorite podcast apps. Uh, if you are on an Android device, I recommend the Podcast Addict app. It is fantastic. Go subscribe on there. Um, hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash winningcureseverything. You can follow us on Twitter, at winningcures. I'm at GaryWCE. Chris is? At ChrisBGiannini. And that will wrap this thing up. We'll see you guys next week. It's time for the rundown. Remember, check out winningcureseverything.com. You can give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash winningcureseverything. You can follow us on Twitter, at winningcures. You can follow myself, at GaryWCE. You follow me at Chris B. Giannini, C-H-R-I-S-B-G-I-A-N-N-I-N-I. You can also email the show, that's winningcureseverything at gmail.com. And we now have a voicemail line. That number is 551 226 9899. If you want to call and bash us for talking bad about your favorite team, or praise us, or just tell us about how awesome your team is doing, leave us a voicemail. That number again is 551 226 9899, and we may toss it on the show. Thank you for supporting this show, and until next time, have a good one, guys. Hey, don't forget, subscribe to the Winning Cures Everything podcast on iTunes and make sure you leave a review. For every 25 written five-star reviews we get on iTunes, we are donating to St. Jude's Children's Hospital and LeBonner's Children's Hospital in Memphis, Tennessee. So subscribe and review on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and all your favorite podcast apps. Remember, the Winning Cures Everything podcast.